Hey friends, welcome to Living the KG Life, a pixie dust-filled podcast. On today's episode, we have Johnny J joining us from the DMSW podcast, so stick around, it's going to be great. All right, well, Johnny J, thank you for joining. I am so excited to have you. Let's have you kick us off and tell us who you are and what you do. Sure. So my name is Johnny J, and I am a Disney dad from Massachusetts, fellow Mass Hole here. And I recently started my own Disney and Marvel and Star Wars themed podcast. Now, we'll get into the podcast and the show, and I feel like we're going to talk about so many good things today, but take us back to where did your love of Disney come from? Do you have an earliest memory or something that made you fall in love with Disney? Yeah, no, I have like a very specific moment that I can pinpoint where (laughs) I became uh, a Disney super fan. So I was actually one of those guys that like was kind of pushing off the trip and was like, it's too expensive. We don't need Mm -hmm. to do it. Because I went a couple of times growing up as a kid. My parents took me, I think, two different times. I was in marching band in high school. In my senior year, we got to march in Magic Kingdom down Main Street. That is so cool. (laughs) It's like one of those things where like, I didn't even appreciate it at the time. Like it was cool and it was fun. But like when you're a senior in high school, like the last thing you're thinking about is like, all the Disney like type of stuff. Like you just want to hang out with your friends away from your parents and do some like cool (laughs) vacation. So it didn't even really like sink in really. I think back then, like now it's just like, Oh man, I wish I took in so much more and really uh, slowed it down. Yeah. But those were my, my really only three trips growing up through like my school age. And then my wife and I went for our honeymoon and then we didn't go back again until our 10 year anniversary. That's like the first time that she finally convinced me to like go and take our kids with us. And like I said, I had been that dad that was like, oh, you know, I mean, I like Disney. It's a fun place to like go on vacation, but it's just so expensive. And yeah, the kids were still kind of young at the time. And I'm like, they're not even going to remember it. I'm like my first time when I went, I was in kindergarten. I'm like, I barely remember anything at all from that trip. Yeah. So I'm like, why would we spend all this money? And then they're not even going to really remember it. Eventually, over time, my wife wore me down. And like the one line that she had that kind of won me over was you got to stop thinking about paying money for the kids to experience something that they'll remember forever and just accept that like, it's not going to happen. They're too little. But mm-hmm. think about it is we're paying for memories as the parents, mm-hmm. all this money that we're going to spend for this trip we are going to get these amazing moments with the kids and that's what we'll take from it. And we'll remember all those magical moments with them. And I was like, "Mm, okay, all right. You won me over. Let's do it. So, so we did that book that first family trip. And one of the first days that we were there, we, we did a lunch at garden grill in Epcot Mm -hmm. and it was the character meal come around Mickey and Chippendale and Pluto and kind of everybody was finished up eating. They were ready to head out. But one of my twins was kind of had a few bites left and she didn't want to leave the table yet. So I was like, I'll just stay back here with her. You guys head out. We'll come meet you in a minute. And she finished up her last couple of bites. And as we got up from the table and started to leave, like we were coming around one way towards the stairs to leave. And Mickey just kind of at the last second came around on the other way. And it was like kind of him and my daughter locked eyes. Yeah. And he came right over and like got down on his knee, was like rubbing her on the head and like talking to her. And I don't know if you've seen sometimes like the characters will make like a kissing sound. All of that happens, like all of it. And it was just one-on-one with him and my daughter. It was like a movie. Time slowed down. The edges of my vision got blurry. (laughs) I could just see the sparkle 
in my daughter's eye and like mm-hmm. I've seen her smile a thousand times. I've seen her be happy a thousand times. But that one moment was so unique and so different from anything I've ever seen. And the analogy I always give is like I felt like that scene in The Grinch where like they zoomed in like on my heart and yeah. I had like this little tiny Mickey shape inside my chest. And like as I'm watching this magic happen, like it's just growing and like bursting out of the little x-ray machine there. And I like when they finished up, we like left the restaurant and met up with my wife. And I was like, Stace, I'm like, everything just changed for me. Like, this is my new thing now. Like, I can't believe what I just saw. And from that exact moment on, it like became my number one like new like hobby and kind of focus and I came home I was watching Disney food blog and looking up all kinds of YouTube channels and I was fully bought in at that point so whoever was in the the Mickey costume that day a plus for them they yeah. they won me over that <laughs> that day in that exact moment and look at how much your life has changed since then yeah Wild. yeah exactly so now you do some small trips, you do big trips with the whole family. When you go to Disney World and you've done Disneyland, do you have things that are like must do or things that are Johnny J's got to do when you go to Disney? I think we did like originally those those first few trips with the kids. We're like, we got to get to this character mm-hmm. meal or we got to make sure we get the little ones on this ride and we got to get the big kids on this ride. But now that we've been lucky enough that like it's kind of become our thing and, and we've gone so much now it's it almost changes where you kind of go and it's a lot more laid back and it's like, OK, we want to do these two or three things and we'll find a way to get them done. But like everything else is just kind of just go with the flow. And yeah. if it happens, it happens. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. And you just kind of go with it. And now I don't know if we mentioned this yet, but you have a spectrum of ages for your kids. Are there certain things that you're like, when you go, you've got the little ones, you've got the older ones. How do you approach the parks, whether it's like you said, rides, attractions, food? How do you make that all work with such a big group? Well, the number one key is my wife. My wife is a school teacher (laughs) and she is amazing. So for those of you guys that don't know, I actually have six kids. We have a 13-year-old son named Colby. And then we have twin girls that are 11, Sydney and Zoe. Then we have a nine-year-old son named Hunter a five-year-old daughter named Harper, and the youngest is a little over two and a half now, uh, and her name's Piper. So we have a full boat of kids. (laughs) You're going to need a bigger boat. Yeah, (laughs) we're going to need a bigger boat for sure. And uh, this last trip that we just did last month was our first time going with all six kids. Really, the key is my wife. Like She has just patience for days, and she's just so good at managing different age levels and kind of keeping an eye on everybody's stress level and comfort level. And she just does such a good job of like, as soon as she can tell, like one kid's kind of heading down that path of like tantrum, tantrum incoming, (laughs) she'll know to like, Hey, why don't you go take that kid and go get a snack or go do this ride? Or if the two littlest ones are kind of at a point in the day where they're burning out, she's like, I'll take them back to the hotel. We'll go relax a little bit. You keep stay here with the four big kids or mm-hmm. at the end of the night, same thing. Like, all right, who's tired? Who wants to come back with mama? They all go and head back to the hotel. And I stay with whatever kids still got a couple of cells left in the battery chart there. It's really like teamwork between you and your yeah. wife and just like the fam all together. A hundred percent. Yeah. Stacy's the leader. She's team captain. She's the all-star. She's the MVP. <laughs> I'm just the guy that gets to like stand and like smile. Yeah. <laughs> Like, hi, I'm the dad. (laughs) I do what she tells me to do. I'm just following the rules. I love it. 100%. Now, in your show, which again, we're going to talk about in a minute, but Mm -hmm. you talk about Disney 
Marvel, and Star Wars. So you've got a whole multiverse of multiverses, if you will, that you cover in the show. So I'd love to talk about, we know a little bit now, like where your Disney love came from. What about your Marvel and Star Wars love and like fandom? How did that come into your life? And how did you become a, a big fan of those other two? franchises for me for marvel and star wars i'm sure like most people it was mostly the movies i I didn't read i didn't get into the comics really as a mm-hmm. kid growing up so for me like the first real exposure to marvel was the toby Maguire spider-man movies that type of thing but then i think as disney kind of came along and bought up marvel and and bought star wars then it kind of all stays under that a big umbrella and it just kind of makes it easy where all these three things that i enjoy now they're all kind of intertwined together do you have a favorite of the three? I think uh, that's a probably a really tough question, like I'm picking your favorite ch- child, but. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like children, it kind of rotates, depends. Some, <laughs> some days I like Marvel, I think, best when some of the things that uh, Disney's coming out with grind my gears. But at the end of the day, Disney's probably number one, just because it's it, the experiences and the magic that you get on vacation there. It's just, mm-hmm. it just puts it on a, on a level that just, everybody else can't touch like the marvel movies are great the star wars movies are great i love mandalorian that type of stuff but when you throw in what you get on a disney vacation it's just look at me here i am now almost 40 years old starting a disney podcast because i'm just obsessed with this this whole disney world so so if you had to rank the brands and we'll put like all of the pieces into one movies theme parks attractions merch all of it how would you rank Disney, Marvel, and Star Wars. Probably just like that. Probably Disney, Marvel, and then Star Wars right in the line there. Like I said, Disney's just got so much more in their bag of tricks that they can come up with that it's it's easier kind of for them to win you over. I think as far as the movie standpoint goes, I think Marvel's definitely kind of the leader there. That's one of the things I love about Marvel is you can tell that they're not just making a one-off movie for you to like hopefully just go dump your money into and go see a couple of times in the theater. They're thinking like, okay, how do we hook this person with this movie that's a new fan how do we entertain the fan that's been here since day one and keep them happy Mm -hmm. and have a plan for the future so that everything connects together and you're not you never feel like you're just kind of looking at a one-off movie you're always like okay i want the movie but i'd secretly i just can't wait for like those last 30 seconds during the mid-credit scene or the 10 seconds at the end of 25 minutes of credits just just to just to give me that one little nugget to like hold me over until the next movie comes along so they're just they're so good at that 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 teasing you and wanting you to come back for more and star wars right now i i think they might be the leader um on tv projects i enjoy the mandalorian project more than any of the movies and i Mm -hmm. and i really enjoy the movies but to me mandalorian is on a level all on its own and to see what they've done with wrapping it into the book of Boba Fett, which maybe wasn't as good, but anytime Mando is in those episodes, it jumps right back up to that Mando quality. And from what we've seen with Ahsoka Tano, like I think that's going to be just another one. And I have high hopes for Andor too. They already bought it for a second season. So I think that's a great sign coming right out. And I loved Rogue One. I think Rogue One is sneaky. One of the best Star Wars movies ever made so if that storyline is building up to rogue one i think i'm all in for that one too i can't wait to see how that turns out and it's crazy Andor. i think they had talked about it at d23 is like 24 episodes yeah so like that's yep. a long ass series especially yeah. in comparison to like mando where it was like six episodes or eight episodes per season yep for them to buy into it that hard it's they had to have brought something pretty good to the uh the test screenings to make people happy yeah absolutely 
Yeah. If you had to think of, let's say, one thing for Disney, Star Wars, and Marvel for each one, what's like the one thing that you're like, this is what keeps me here and keeps me excited to be a fan of this brand? For Disney, I would say it's a combination of the nostalgia from past memories with my family and just those magical experiences you get with your kids. Like I love going to Disney and I've, I've been lucky enough to go with just my wife and I've done a couple of trips with just one of my kids and those moments are great. But like that experience that you get, that family experience of this something for everybody and it's, and it's just something magical happens when you're there and like yeah. all your kids, like, I mean, you definitely have your moments where they're in a bad mood and things aren't going well, but like you just have so many awesome memories of them all playing together. You just know that those are the memories that they'll be talking about when they're older. Like, oh, you remember when we were at the boardwalk and we were running around and like dad bought us a Dole Whip and yeah. stuff like that. So Disney's got definitely pulling on the heartstrings with the kids and the family memories and stuff like that. And Star Wars, I'd say maybe like the badass quality of it. Yeah. If I if I can say that, like like I said, that's that's why I like the Mandalorian show and that character so much. Is like he reminds me of growing up, like the Raphael character from the Ninja Turtles. Or yeah. <laughs> I always rooted for like that character that was like he was never like the leader of the bunch or like the Captain America type goody two shoes yep. leader type we're from massachusetts so yeah of course you're gonna root for like the sarcastic asshole kind of guy so love iron man love uh mandalorian that type of thing so i think star wars kind of has that element where maybe the other ones don't really kind of tread in that path yeah and it's so interesting that you say that too because i feel like what i've always really loved about mando too is that he has that badass quality but then grogu comes in and just like breaks yeah. him a little bit and you're like i knew there was a soft little guy in there too <laughs> Yeah, he's got some dad vibes in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And that's, I guess, that's probably why I love Mando so much is he's got, he's another step above the the Iron Man character, or I guess you get you get the the I love you 3000. So that's, Ugh. that's really when kind of Tony pushed me over the edge. I can't even there think with about him, but it. Like, <laughs> but yeah, when you, when you have that, that cool badass character that is also has that dad quality, you got me every time with that character for 100%. I love it. And then this past week, or past weekend, we saw at D23, Mando and Grogu are going to be coming to Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland, which if I see one more great character experience at Disneyland that we don't get at Disney World, <laughs> I'm going to start getting really pissed <laughs> because that Mando and Grogu looks incredible. Yep. And I, I don't want to burst your bubble here, but I, I was watching a couple of things after D23, kind of listening to some other people talk about their reactions and, and what mm -hmm. they thought about it. And somebody made an excellent point and they said that for Star Wars fans that are mad at all these characters that they're getting out in California, it's never going to change. And it's yep. because of the the uh, the the Star Cruiser hotel. There's mm -hmm. uh, a storyline that they're trying to sell if you go to do that Star Cruiser experience and it mm -hmm. has to fit in the timeline with what's going on on Batu. So you can't have the Mando character show up there because he doesn't fit the storyline yep. of what they're trying to pitch you at the hotel. So uh, it's a gut punch right so there to know that like we're just we're just not going to get to see those characters it's just it's just not going to happen yeah and someone made a really good point i forget it was on one of the episodes that we talked about disneyland they were talking about how at disneyland they have so many great experiences and they have the kind of like the characters floating and they're around so much more because they don't have the rest of the experiences and obviously parks that disney world has so they're able to get almost that Disney magic that you were talking about, we can get it in four parks 
all over the place. And Disneyland only has these two parks right next to each other that they can kind of like hop between. So I was like, all right, fine, I guess. I understand. (laughs) But I just need to go to Disneyland and like experience it all. And then I think I'll get over it. (laughs) Yep, definitely. It's a whole whole different experience out there. You got to you got to try it. Yeah. Speaking of D23 and things that are coming, what are you most excited about seeing from each of the Disney, Star Wars, and Marvel franchises? For Disney, I, the surprise one that came out of D23 for me was that the new Mufasa movie that they talked about. Like yeah. that was the prequel movie that like you didn't even know you wanted. But yes. like, now that it's out there, you're like, I do want that. Like yeah. that's, a, that's actually a very good idea. I will take that for sure. And the teaser trailer for The Little Mermaid looked amazing, too. Mm-hmm. Halle Bailey singing in that trailer was like, blow your Unreal. ears off. So once that comes out, I think her ability to sing is just going to absolutely shut up all those trolls that are out there trying to yeah. sink it before it even gets started. So those are probably the two, movie-wise, the things I'm most excited about coming out of Disney. For Marvel, it's kind of phase five and phase six as a whole. Like I, mm-hmm. I, like I said, it before i i feel like the one of my favorite things about marvel is i always feel like it's building towards the future and everything is connected to each other and i almost feel like with phase four it was almost like okay we finished these first three phases we built up this massive massive storyline to thanos and we wrapped it all up like perfectly better than almost any tv show you can think of or, or movie like trilogy like that's the crazy thing you think about is most trilogies the third movie is always a flop and yeah. Marvel pulled it off with it was Endgame, like twenty like something, third, yeah, yeah. twenty two or twenty three or something like that. And to be able to have little callbacks to almost every single movie and wrap up little Easter eggs that they had left there for you before along the way, they just absolutely like chef's kiss on yeah. how they ended it there. And I felt like coming into Phase Four, they're like, you know what? We did this whole like connective thing for such a long time. Like, let's get a little weird right now in yeah. Phase Four. Let's <laughs> let's let's try something new and. We'll have some movies that like, yeah, they might be background storyline that'll connect to the future, but like, let's try to make the movies almost stand on their own. That's how I felt like with Doctor Strange, Thor, Love and Thunder too. Like, it just kind of felt like they went to the directors and said, hey, Taika, we know you're a comedy guy. So make this thing as funny as you want and like get crazy with it. And same thing with with Raimi, with Doctor Strange. Like, hey, we know you play in the horror world and you can get pretty creepy. Take that as far as you want and kind of go out there and do something weird. So... It's it's worked for me a couple of times, a couple of times. I haven't been a huge fan of it, but I think with seeing those two Avengers movies coming in phase six, I mm-hmm. think it's like, OK, like we had our time to kind of play around and experiment here in phase four. I think we're going to start seeing now with the Secret Invasion show and Ant-Man and the Wasp. I think we're going to start building towards like that first Kang Dynasty Avengers movie. So this this definitely kind of getting back on that path of like, okay, like I'm not just watching this one movie. It's one movie leading me to the next two or three in a row. So yeah, I actually did not watch any Marvel movies until like, I think it was the end of 2020 during the pandemic. I was like, oh, wow, that's awesome. Yeah. So I'm like super late to the party, but I have got <laughs> all in, like both feet, 100% all in. And I yep. watched Endgame and I was like, I could not have survived. If I walked out of the theater at the end of Infinity War, like, no, nope, I would not <laughs> have done well. <laughs> and because now every time I watch both movies, I just like sob through half the movie. Oh, yeah. They're just yep. so good. And so now yep. I'm like so worried that something big is going to happen. And I'm like, thank God that Disney Plus is here because that will allow <laughs> to like keep me going until the next 
the next thing. And yeah. one question that I'm going to ask you that we have not plotted out here, but I need to know your thoughts is Miss Marvel. What were your thoughts on the show? Because I watched it and I feel like I'm still, like you just said, I'm still so in the mindset of like, okay, this has to attach to something like Loki or WandaVision. We're like, okay, this is setting up something else coming. And I feel like Miss yep. Marvel, I watched it and I was like, okay, I like her. I like the the story. But I'm like, how the hell does this fit into anything? And I was like, there's going to be something that I'm missing that's like, it's right here, KG. This is how this all comes together. And I haven't figured it out yet. So I feel like you'll be <laughs> well, the one to tell me what it is. I'm going to I'm gonna tell you right now, the weirdest way possible. Did you watch the the like the end credits scenes yep. or the little cut scenes on the last episode? Yep. And spoiler did alert you, for anybody you... who hasn't watched yet. We're going to yeah, talk definitely. about it because I need is, to this know. Is, <laughs> this, this is a selfish spoiler moment. Heavy. <laughs> this is as spoilery as you can get. When he said to her, I retested your blood and I looked at like all your labs and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And he goes, there's something different about your genes. There's a and it was almost like a fourth wall break, like wink, wink, like there's a mutant mm. quality to your genes. And then you heard that music that da -da 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 -da, yeah. which was the old X-Men music. So that oh. one little teeny tiny snippet at the end of the last episode that is literally going, in my opinion, I think that is going to be phases seven, eight and nine. I think they're going to we're, we're going to be That's living where the in merge this will happen. Yep, you're going to have the Kang Dynasty stuff and uh, the Secret Wars TV show is going to lead into that second Avengers movie. And then when those end, I think the next step in the journey is the mutants coming in and we'll get the X-Men and Professor X and Magneto and, mm -hmm. and that whole world. And that will be the next saga. So we had like the whole saga around Thanos. I think the next one is going to be wrapped around Kang and probably Doctor Doom too with the Fantastic Four movie coming up. And then I think this will all eventually lead into how they start bringing mutants into the MCU. So wild. I would kill to see the war room that they have somewhere in, in the Marvel Definitely. studios. Like it's got to be somewhere <laughs> that's like the always sunny gif where Charlie is like pointing yeah. at like all the strings yeah, the everywhere. String like and pins and yeah, yeah. That has to be somewhere and I want to see it. Yep. Maybe it'll be like, you know, in a vault somewhere that some year <laughs> it'll be like, don't open until 2070. And then it'll be like, here's yeah. what we've been planning and how we made it happen. Yeah. I remember hearing just like a few months ago, actually, that, that Kevin Feige had grabbed like all the top people at, at Marvel and took them like on a private retreat somewhere like out into the middle of the woods. Oh and God. the rumor was that like the focus was we are going to plan out the next 10 years of Marvel content. So imagine that to being be your a, job to be a fly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or to be a fly on the wall in that room, like the things that they talked about the next 10 years of Marvel, like sign me up. Yeah, absolutely. So I took us off on a little bit of a tangent. So how about Star Wars? What are you oh, looking good. forward to from them? For Star Wars, I think the Andor series is going to be good. I mm -hmm. love the Rogue One movie and it's only going to be two seasons. And when it ends, it matches right up with the start of the Rogue One movie. So the crazy thing to me about Rogue One was we all knew what was going to happen before we even saw the movie. Like right. you knew that they were, they were going to steal the plans and then they were all going to die. And the fact that like the whole fan base just bought in and still went and saw it 
and it was a great movie. Like it, to me, you don't typically see that. Like you can't, you don't see a movie when you know exactly what's going to happen to the end. Right. Still do that well. So for them to pull that off, I have all the confidence that this Andor series is going to be pretty good too. But then of course it's my boy Mando, like Mando yeah. season three cannot get here soon enough. That teaser trailer was perfect. Just, they gave you just enough to like absolutely like get your mouth watering, but like they, I don't feel like they showed too much either. So it's yep. just perfect. Now this is another off the cuff question that I feel mm-hmm. like any Marvel Star Wars person especially has very heated answers on. So we'll do Marvel first. For everybody listening, let's say they've never seen a Marvel movie. What order do you tell them to watch them in? I know there's like basically two theories. You either watch them like in whatever the chronological order would be, or you watch them in the same order that they released for the fans. And Mm I am 100% in that camp because the MCU and that whole franchise doesn't exist to the level that it does today if they didn't do it right. So if they already did it right and they're showing you by the size of the fan base, how rabid people are and how obsessed people are. Like, why would you mess that up? It worked for all of us. Why would you change it and go do it some other way? It's almost like the Star Wars thing too. Like, I don't know anybody that if they were going to pitch Star Wars to somebody, they would tell them to start on episode one. Like everybody says, just watch it in the order that they came out. That's, Mm -hmm. that's the way to do it. And to me, Marvel is the same way. And it's like I said earlier, one of the best parts of Marvel isn't just like the movies themselves being entertaining and fun and awesome, but it's those little like teasers that you get for what they're building in the future and then what's Mm -hmm. coming up in like the next movie. So if you watch it out of order for how it was released, none of those things are going to make sense to you. And you'll probably watch cut scenes and end credit scenes from moots that are like leading you into movies that you already watched like two weeks ago. So, and they're like, why you'd be like, why are they, why am I watching this right now? So you got to watch it in the order that they came out just like we did. And it's so interesting because I've done, I think, both, both ways. First time I watched them were in release order, and then I went back and watched in chronological order. Yep. And it's so interesting because I feel like for people that are getting into the franchise, I have told some people, like, if you feel like trying to follow along with the story might be difficult if it's not in chronological order, watch it in chronological order. But know that... It was released in a certain order for a reason. And a lot of people talk about, especially with Star Wars, they're like, but why would they start in the middle? And I was like, if you go back and watch episode one from the beginning, and that's your first one, you're not going to give a shit about Luke and Darth Vader or anything. You haven't built that love for the character. And I think it's very similar with Marvel. Like You fall in love with Tony Stark so differently from watching Iron Man in the beginning than if it was like somewhere in the middle. So I think that's an interesting way to think about it too, of like how much are you going to (laughs) commit to the life that's going to come if you're fully going into Star Wars and Marvel, then decide which way you want to do it. Because I think a lot of people too, if you're not going to a theater and you're watching at home, it's like easy to get distracted or look at your phone. It's like, nope, these movies, you need to pay attention and you need to be fully (laughs) invested because your life will change when you really fall in love with the characters and the story and really the universe of of both of them. Yep. Perfect. I'm sure you probably pick up on different things too when you watch it 
if you go back and watch it in chronological order, you'll probably pick up on little connections that mm-hmm. like you might not have picked up because this movie technically was like eight movies after, but chronologically right. they were back to back and you might have kind of forgot a little detail here and there. And mm-hmm. that's another one of those things that like Marvel is just so good at is like no detail goes unchecked or missed oh, yeah. in it doesn't matter how long ago the last movie was, they'll find one or two little things and bring it back in and be like, Oh my God, how do they remember that? How do they pay that line off? It's just incredible. Yep. I know, especially with Dr. Strange, that was a big one for me. Cause when I watched the movie, one of my best friends, Matt, he was like, Dr. Strange is one of my favorites. And I was like, this movie is painful. I was like, I can't even watch (laughs) this. I was like, this is, he's like, no, it's so good. And I was like, We might have to reconsider our friendship. I don't know if I can watch this movie. But now, after I watched all the movies, I was like, oh, my God, Stephen Strange, he's the best. So, like, now I have to go back and rewatch the original Doctor Strange. And I was like, okay, now this all makes so much more sense in the rest of, like, the whole story of the MCU. And I was like, man, I really did not give him enough credit in the beginning. So I think that's important too is like know that whichever way you watch it in, each person and each character and each story is so important. Like I was just like, what the hell is up with Miss Marvel? <laughs> I'm sure eventually <laughs> be like, okay, now it makes sense. You have to know that like like you said, they're like leaving those breadcrumbs and it will eventually make sense at some point. Yep. It always loops around. All right, so let's talk about the podcast, which I'm so excited about. Give everybody kind of like what your podcast is all about. The name of the podcast is the DMSW podcast, Disney, Marvel, Star Wars. And for a guy with six kids, naming the (laughs) podcast was equally as hard as naming our kids. Like I went months of just back and forth. And what do you guys think about this one? And somebody would like it and somebody wouldn't like it. Mm -hmm. And I eventually came to a point where I had a title that like I thought was going to be the one and it had the word Disney in it. And I kind of made some friendships with some other podcasts along the way. And I, I was like, so excited. Like I finally felt like I found the one for me and I went and told them what it was. And they're like, Oh, I mean, that's good. But you know, you got to think about like months down the the line or even years down the line, if you really are going to commit to this and try to grow it into something bigger, if eventually like you start getting like fans that like listen and they want to like support you and like buy like a hat or a t-shirt or something, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to have the word Disney in it. Yep. Or if you do, it's going to be, you're rolling the dice. Like, cause at any time Disney can just come right in and throw you a cease and desist. And yep. you've now lost all your merchandise possibilities and you're two and a half, three years in yeah. your podcast. And you're like, I can either sell no merch or I have to completely go back and scrap my title. Yeah. And, and how fully do I keep- rebrand? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I definitely went like three, four rounds of like, okay, back to the drawing board and redo it. In the process of like me getting inspired to start the podcast, I felt like there weren't really a ton of podcasts that hit all the different categories mm-hmm. under the Disney umbrella. Like I found Disney World podcast that like did a great job talking about the parks, but then a new Marvel movie would come out and they wouldn't talk about it. And I'm like, everybody on the planet is yeah. going to see this movie and is talking about this movie. How the heck can you be as big a Disney fans as you claim to be and not be able to talk about this on your podcast. I'm like, yeah. I just, it drove me nuts. It's like listening to sports radio. Like yep. you get attached to these podcasters. Like you feel like they're like your friends and you yeah. love their opinions and you love hearing them talk about things. And when they don't talk about the new star Wars show, they're not talking about Mandalorian. It's like, how are you not talking about Mandalorian? Like you're talking about galaxy's edge. How do you yeah. not bring him up? So I'm like, all right, if I'm going to do this podcast thing, 
I'm going to do it my way and I'm going to hit all these different categories because I know I can't be the only fan out here that loves Disney World on top of the Marvel and the Star Wars stuff as well. And I know there are fans that do just love Marvel or just love Star Wars or just those two, but they want nothing to do with the parks. But I think there's enough people out there kind of in the middle that are kind of like me that they're like anything under the Disney umbrella. Count me in. I'm in for it. So that was what I knew my focus was on the show for the content. And I wanted to come up with a name in the podcast artwork and logo Mm -hmm. that would make it crystal clear right out of the gate to anybody that checks it out. Because I was doing, that was the other thing too, is I took my time planning out the show and developing it. And I, I watched YouTube videos and read articles online and was reaching out to existing podcasts Mm -hmm. and having dialogue with them back and forth. Cause I wanted every I dotted and T crossed perfectly. So when I came out on day one, like I had the best chance of it succeeding and like doing well. So one of the biggest things that I kept seeing people say over and over again was you want like a catchy name and you want your artwork and your logo to make it crystal clear to people what you're going to talk about Mm -hmm. on your show. So I had other ideas that I may even made the artwork for, but they were just Disney world type of things. And like, just nothing was clicking right. And then everybody in the family liked a different one and the kids liked a different one. And so I'm like, I got to come up with something that hits Disney, Marvel and Star Wars. Mm -hmm. And when I started just literally getting as simple as I could with literally just the letters of DMSW and I was The other thing I was doing was I was Google searching things and putting things into podcast searches and just trying to see how many other shows come up. And when I was typing in DMSW, nothing was coming up. And like when I was testing like the social media things, like just the DMSW podcast was available everywhere. And I'm like, I think this is one of those things where like in my head, like these letters don't sound like they fit together. Like it doesn't, it's not catchy. It's not like a logo or something that you've heard before, but I think if I do it right and I make the artwork crystal clear, what's going Mm -hmm. on here over time, when you hear DMSW, like, Oh, I know that DMSW, that's that podcast that does all the Disney Marvel and star Wars stuff. So I use the D from the Disney logo, the M from Marvel with the red and white and the star Wars font with the stars in the background. And then I just added a couple of like basic lip art pictures to the logo and like when it was finally done i was like that's it that's the one yeah and i think you nailed that. it so. i think you nailed it thank you thank you yeah it was a ton ton of work and like i said a ton of i think i got it and nope all the way back to to day one on the uh back to the drawing board so it felt really good when like this one was all done and i just knew like yep this is it this mm-hmm. is the one i'm going with it's almost like they say when you look for a house once you get to it and you find that house you're like this feels like home this feels right It's very similar in the design world too, whether it's a logo or a website or some kind of branding piece that you're creating. Once you hit it, you're like, yes, that's it. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. And in a weird way too, like I like that almost everybody else that I asked didn't want it. Like they all picked a Disney related one. They all were Mm -hmm. like kind of siding towards those. I was like, the fact that I'm the only person that really likes this one, that's why I'm going with it. Um, It's, this is my, my Mandalorian Iron Man, Raphael, Ninja Turtle complex coming through. Yeah. Like, nobody likes it. I'm going to like it. This yeah. is going to be my thing. I'm going to make so you I like it. Kinda, exactly. Exactly. So, so took it on as a challenge. Like, I'm going to make you guys like this logo and like the name of this show. I love it. So for folks that have not listened yet, which we'll drop all of the links in the show notes so everybody can listen, what can they sure. expect to hear from your show? 
every week I, I try to stick to the kind of the same formula and I do like a little bit of a cold open, like either talk about something going on in my life or refer to something that's happened kind of in the last week or so. My son actually did all the music that I use Amazing. on the show. He's like a piano whiz and he just took to GarageBand. Like for me, podcasting was the thing that I got into during the pandemic. It's mm -hmm. when sports and that whole sports world changed. My kind of passion and love for sports kind of faded and, and podcasting kind of took over. And that's what, like I spent my free time doing was learning and researching about that. And that's what my son did during the, the pandemic. He kind of took to music and basically taught himself how to play piano, awesome. just watching YouTube videos. And like when I started doing the podcasting thing and he was getting better and better at GarageBand and on the piano, he's like, oh, can I can I try to do the music? For your show and i was like sure absolutely can. buddy like that would be awesome like what father son connection couldn't be cooler than that then yeah dad starts a podcast and son creates the music for it so you'll have my my son's music and then uh i do a little just quick news segment i don't pitch myself as a news podcast but i basically just kind of hit maybe the top five six stories out of disney marvel and star wars and mm -hmm. just kind of give you the bullet points and i pitch it as like hey if, if you like any of these news stories or anything catches your eye there's somebody else that does this part of it better than me. There's somebody that covers the the ins and outs of these things. Go check them out on YouTube mm -hmm. or or wherever you want to go see that type of stuff. And then I hit like the main part of the show and the topic will rotate week by week. And I try to bounce around the best I can to not just constantly be doing Disney World material week after week after week. So yeah. try to try to mix it up and, and always make sure I bounce around. So one week we might review the newest Marvel movie that just came out. And then the next week I'll rank my favorite Star Wars movies. And then the next week we'll talk about favorite rides at Walt Disney World or something like that. So mm -hmm. every week we, we rotate through a different uh, main topic that hits one of those three main categories. What goes into the show production? This is actually going to be the very first episode that's going to be in our new podcast magic segment, which is so exciting. So tell everybody oh, cool. listening what's creating a podcast like on your end. With having six kids, that's obviously the thing that takes so up the most free time. time. Yeah, I just I was so bored, like I yeah. had nothing to do. So I was like, why not start a podcast? But no, when talking about it with my wife, it was like very clear. The kids and the family has to be the priority. Mm -hmm. If you're going to do the podcasting thing, it can't come at the expense of any of them. So I was just so fired up and like so excited to do this podcasting thing. I was like, I don't care. I'll wait until everybody in the house is in bed and I'll be podcasting Batman. The safety of the town is, is set and you're all tucked in your beds. Like my cape will come out and I'll go into my podcasting cave and, and cre create content for fellow Disney and Marvel and Star Wars. Fans. That needs to be your so next social image of you with a Batman <laughs> cape and the podcast mic and your headphones. Yes. <laughs> exactly. All my production, everything I do basically comes after hours at night, sometimes during the week when I can, like if I catch something on social media to kind of make a note of it and have yes. a running list of notes, because that's the news is the first thing that I'll try to record. And my release dates are on Monday. And my thought process was like, oh, so I'll kind of gather the news throughout the week. And then like maybe Friday nights when the kids go to bed, I'll record the news part of the show. And then Saturday night, I'll stay up and kind of do the main chunk of the episode. And then Sunday nights will be where I like edit it all and kind of put it all together. And it didn't, <laughs> it did not take long to like realize we're just so stinking busy with these kids and yeah. everything else that we have going on, like jobs and everything else. And in real life, by the time most Friday nights come, like when the kids are going to bed at like 830 or whatever, I'm like crashing on the floor. Yeah, yeah. I just want to say like, 
Yeah, exactly. That like meme of like the husband and wife are like, oh, we finally have free time. What do we do? And then they're just both asleep yeah. <laughs> on the couch. Like you can't watch TV shows. You can't do anything. So most Friday nights, I'm typically crashing and not even getting to it. And then Saturday will get away from us too. We'll be doing errands or visiting grandparents. And this mm-hmm. one's going to this birthday party and soccer game in this city. So most Saturday nights will get away from me too. And it'll get pretty tired. So for the most part, I would say probably probably 90, 95% of my episodes, everything has been done on Sunday night. And that's kind of how it's ended up being for the podcast. I sit down, gather all the new stuff, kind of write out a little bullet pointed script for that, record that part of it, get right into the the main part of the episode. And I think that's been easy too, is that I haven't started having guests on the show yet. It's Mm -hmm. been just me by myself. So I'm not tied to a schedule where I got to get to this person at this time and Mm -hmm. record it and and put it all together. So it's been easy to just kind of sit down and like have an idea. And as a Disney fan, you can put us in front of a microphone and we can talk about Disney stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So then I just record the main chunk of the episode and I kind of learned to just basically edit it on the fly. I try to go as long as I can without hitting the stop button. But Mm -hmm. if I sneeze or like I know I kind of took a weird breath or like I can see that like I had a uh, moment, like I'll just I'll just stop it right there and go back and kind of edit and do my little tweaks as I go on the fly. And then it's usually like 1 o'clock in the morning early on Monday where I'm done and I just create the wave file and get it uploaded to the hosting site. And then I'm going to bed and waking up just a couple hours later oh and it's, it's there. It's there. The magic is the magic has all happened. The magic behind the scenes, which I think is <laughs> so fun. And I've talked to so many people, whether it be you or other podcasts that I've grown to be good friends with over the year that we've been doing the podcast. It is so interesting how much effort goes into creating a podcast. And I don't think a lot of people really understand that, which is why I wanted to do this segment. Like I said, there are so many different Disney podcasts or Marvel or Star Wars. There's all these different ones out there, but everybody has their own little piece to it, which is what I love so much. And it also makes it almost easier as a host to say like, you know what? I'm not even going to do news because there are so many other people out there doing it. I can direct them over there or like... You can talk about Marvel and Star Wars way better than I can. So I'll direct people over to your podcast. It creates this cool community. But like I said, there's so much behind the scenes and what goes into creating the podcast. That's the story I really want to tell with this segment. A lot goes into creating it, but the passion that everybody has behind their podcast, that's like the magic sauce behind everybody's show. So I think that is, to me, the most important part too, like what people are passionate about and excited about, which leads me to my next question. What are you most excited about bringing to your listeners in, say, the rest of this year and then into next year? Yeah, so this one's an easy one for me, and it's starting to bring in interviews. For me, I knew going into this that I wanted this to become a long-term project, and I went into it from day one, like, taking the tortoise versus the hare type of strategy here. I'm like, I'm in no rush to like make money from this or like grow it into this big, crazy thing. I'm just Mm going to do what I do, and I'm going to try to make all my decisions benefit the long-term health of the podcast and the long-term growth um, from the show. So if it takes me a little bit longer or it goes a little bit slower, I'm fine with that. The last thing I want to do too is jump into something before I know I'm not ready for it. I don't mm-hmm. want to commit to like, okay, now I'm a podcast that does interviews, do two or three episodes with it. 
and then find out like, shit, I don't have time to do interviews. I got to go back to this old way of doing it. I don't want to commit to things that I know I can't confidently do going Mm -hmm. forward from that point out. So I've delayed and waited and made sure that like, I need to have all my processes down and know how I want to do things so that once I start bringing on the interviews, I have a set way of doing it. And I'll know I can stay consistent with it over time. So I've already started kind of reaching out to people and talking about people coming on as guests. And I've started looking at the different softwares on how to record Mm -hmm. and kind of which ones I want to think uh, are going to line up with what I'm trying to do. And I think when I do that, I want to do it through video. I want to record the video Mm -hmm. with the audio. One of the other things I did when I was in the planning stages of the podcast was I kind of made a a post on Facebook and Instagram and just said, Hey, everybody, like in my personal life, this is what I'm thinking about doing. I want to get into podcasting and I want to, I want to make a show and I want to be serious about it and I want it to work. So, Hey, I've come up with basically like 25 questions about what your podcast habits are. Mm -hmm. And if anybody's willing to take the time to answer this and play along, I would greatly appreciate it. And I had, I don't know, maybe 20 or 30 people or so respond and like, yeah, send it to me and I'll answer it all. And I was really surprised because for me, I didn't really watch any podcasts on YouTube. I Mm -hmm. watched YouTube content on YouTube, but when it came to podcasts, I just listened basically in the car to and from work. Or if I was out running errands on the weekend or at night or something like that, I was, I was only listening when I was in the car for the most part. I was surprised at how many people responded saying like, oh, I listen to podcasts all the time, but I only do it on YouTube. Mm -hmm. I don't have any podcasting apps on my phone. I just watch the video feed on YouTube. So I was like, oh, all right. Well, so that's kind of surprising for me. I had one of those things like I didn't know how many people really were into podcasts that way. So I want to add that element to the show and, and have the interviews and a now video portion to the show kind of going hand in hand. Can't wait cool. to see it keep growing. This is going to be awesome. Awesome. Thank you. So for folks that have not subscribed yet or haven't followed you on Instagram yet, where can they find you? Where can they find your show? Instagram is basically the social media platform I've kind of gone to the most. That's where I've had the most interaction with and had the most fun with. Mm -hmm. I put all my focus into Instagram. So if anybody is on Instagram and is interested, wants to come check it out, it's at the DMSW podcast. Perfect. And where can they find and listen to your show? Basically all your major podcasting apps. It's in Apple Podcasts. It's in Spotify, Amazon, all those kind of things. But if you just type in DMSW, it should pop right up for you. Perfect. And like I said earlier, we will put all of the links in the show notes so that you can find them there. Are you ready for the last two bits of the show? Yeah. All right. So we'll do speed round of favorites, which will be just kind of like some general, mostly Disney things. And then we'll do Mm -hmm. your favorite magic moment. Now, speed round of favorites, I would say is a range. Some people just like, boom, here's my answer. Next question. Some people (laughs) really need to explain. I let people do whichever they feel moved to do. So. Totally up to you. Sounds good. All right. right. What is your favorite Disney resort? I would say if money was no object, it would be the boardwalk. Mm -hmm. We kind of fell into split states. Looks like I'm taking the long explanation route right out of the gate here. (laughs) We kind of accidentally fell into the split stay thing Mm -hmm. with Disney. I had never even heard of the term, but one of the times that we were driving down, we were just making great time. And we assumed we were going to have to stay in Georgia or South Carolina or somewhere on the way. But we made great time and got down there early. And when we tried to just add a night to the art of animation where we were staying, they couldn't 
accommodated it and said that they were sold out. So we basically just called back and, yeah. and they put us up at Coronado Springs and it was like the greatest accident that ever happened. We got down there early enough to grab dinner at the Coronado. And then we went and the kids got to swim in a moderate level pool mm-hmm. with the big slide. And we were just sitting by the pool at night. I'm like, this is the greatest thing ever. We should do this on any future trip we get. Like we're obviously going to have to, with as many kids that we have, we play the system and we go during the cheapest times of the year. And we try to stay at the value level resort. Like we play all these games to save money and, and make it affordable to us, but we should like splurge a little bit and do like maybe one night or maybe even two nights at, at a moderate level type of thing. So we did that on our third trip where we did boardwalk for the first couple of nights. And then mm-hmm. we went back to art of animation, but boardwalk is easily the, our favorite resort that we've ever stayed at with the kids. The, the whole nightlife on the boardwalk is yeah. just the best. Agreed. How about your favorite restaurant on Disney property? This one would probably be Yachtsman Steakhouse. And this one's got, I'm going to go into another story here on you. But in 2017, while pregnant with our fifth child, my wife randomly found out she actually had cancer Mm -hmm. and it was like life flipped upside down, like could not believe that like this was happening with her being so young and being pregnant. And we thought we were going to lose the baby. We thought we're going to lose my wife. Like it was just all the scary things that anybody is going through the first time they, they at a doctor's office and hear that C word Mm -hmm. um, come out. But luckily for us, we live up in new England in Massachusetts. We have Dana Farber, right in our backyard. So we were able to get her in to see like the best doctors. And it was a long, hard year for my wife. The treatments absolutely kicked her butt and really kind of wiped her out. But when she was kind of at her lowest and worst, we we said like, hey, let's put a Disney trip on the books. Because at that time, that was back when they still had Fast Pass and you could pre-book the restaurants and all that stuff ahead of time. And that was like my wife's favorite part was planning out the kids' outfits and planning out the restaurants and the Fast Passes ahead of time. So we're like, let's get this on the books and give you this like light at the end of the tunnel to kind Mm -hmm. of focus on. So it really kind of helped give her something to kind of get her mind off the treatments and everything that was going on. And we had the grandparents come down for part of the trip with us as as well. And they said, hey, make sure one of the first nights while we're there, you guys plan a nice date night out for yourselves. So after the year of hell that my wife went through and seeing how much those treatments absolutely kicked her butt and seeing how tough she was, she started getting chemo while pregnant with my daughter. And then they, they made a plan where they took my daughter out early, but like late enough that she would be okay, but early enough that they could instantly start ramping up my wife's treatment. So she was getting chemos that were less aggressive because they were safe to take while pregnant. Mm -hmm. And then once that baby came out, they absolutely ramped everything up to the highest code red level and, and started the radiation. So to see how absolutely destroyed she got from those treatments, but always was focused on getting better for the kids. And she just couldn't live with the idea of, of not being there for the kids. And she was just so focused on beating it and having a positive outlook and a positive attitude. So to go through that year of absolute shit and hell, and then to be in Disney world and get that date night alone with my wife to the Yachtsman Steakhouse, it's like those heartstring mm-hmm. moments. That's what I said before with, with Disney, it's those family memories. And yeah, like I said, when I think back of, of what she went through for a year and then to be sitting in Disney World, having dinner alone with her on a date was just crazy. So that that restaurant will always have a special place 
for uh, for us. Oh, amazing. And you were talking earlier about how she's the MVP for like pulling together your trips. She's the MVP in life. A thousand Superhero. A thousand percent. Superhero. Yep. She, she lets her husband do a Disney podcast when yeah. while we have six kids <laughs> and craziness going on. So she is the best. How about your favorite Disney park? For me, it's going to be Epcot. It's changing. And it's not the same Epcot that I love growing up. I do enjoy the IP and I like that it's there. I know a lot of people are complaining about how much IP is coming in and I can see their point because it is kind of reaching a saturation point a little bit. But to me, Epcot is probably the park that has the most way of like almost checking out and just kind of feeling like you're you're still there's a little bit of the Disney element there with Frozen now and stuff mm-hmm. like that and Figment. But there's enough other stuff going on with the countries and living with the land and test track and stuff like that where there's just no IP and you can just kind of enjoy a little bit of a different experience. Yeah, yeah. it's a sophisticated adult park. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I think about it, I'm like, I just drink around the world and get hammered there. So like, yeah. <laughs> definitely not sophisticated when I'm rolling around there. That's for sure. All right. How about your favorite Disney snack? Oh, this one's easy. This is uh Dole Whip. That's a, a nice short answer for you on that one. Just any flavor of Dole Whip. I'm trying them all. Orange, pineapple, coconut, doesn't matter. Count me in. True story. I've never tried a Dole Whip. What? Yeah. I've never had a that? Dole Whip. <laughs> Just not an ice cream fan or? I love ice cream actually. And I would say until the last maybe five or six years, whenever I would go to Disney, I would eat the same places. I would eat the same things. I just tried a churro for the first time like a year ago. Yeah. (laughs) And I love them now because I would only go once a year, once every other year or like maybe twice a year. Yeah. Whereas like now I'm going way more than that. I'm like, oh, I'll just hit that next time. So maybe when I go in November, I'll try a Dole Whip yeah, in honor of the DMSW podcast. Yep. And I'll have you on the show and you can t- you can do a rating. Perfect. So I'll have to try a bunch of different Dole Whips then and talk about awesome. which ones work Sounds best. Sounds good. Yeah. Once, once you have one, you're going to want to try all the different flavors. Love it. All right. How about your favorite non-park activity? Especially, I would assume, with a large family that you have. There's got to be other stuff that you like to do aside from just going in the parks. One of the the new things that we just tried on our last trip, which I guess this may be cheating because it does sort of kind of touch the park there, was that fireworks cruise that you can do. Yes. And to me, it is $400, so it is expensive. At one point, we took our kids to Disney on Ice back in the day, like mm-hmm. up here at, at BU when it came to Aganis Arena. And I it still was go. Like, I love it. <laughs> it is it's a it. good you you get the disney experience yep there. and the first time we did it uh, my wife went with her mother and she took just the girls and she came back and i was like man that was so expensive how was it and she's yeah. like it was easily like some of the best money we've ever spent like the mm-hmm. kids absolutely had a blast they were engaged and like into it and focused the yeah. entire time like that was worth every penny and i think that's what you get with with anything disney you're gonna get exactly what you pay for you it's expensive and like with the fireworks cruise at $400 is a lot of money, but it is like the best $400 that you can spend almost yeah. on anything in Disney. You get a, a private boat to yourself with, I think you can have up to, depends on where they launch from. Some boats can only fit eight, some can fit 10, but they come already like loaded with cooler full of sodas and bottled waters and a bunch of snacks. But 
especially like I can't wait in the future to like plan an adults only trip and like to yes. be able to go do that and like almost have a booze cruise because they're like you can bring whatever snacks and drinks you want on your own as well. So yeah. you can get together with eight or 10 of your friends and you basically have like two hours to just kind of cruise around and they'll, the, the, it comes with a, a driver for the boat. So they'll take you kind of all around and give you a little behind the scenes tour of mm-hmm. the surrounding hotels and stuff like that. And then you'll get a, an absolute prime seating for the fireworks. So it's, awesome. like I said, it's a little bit cheating because it does take you in yeah. to the park and we did the Epcot one and it takes you right inside the, uh, the world showcase area there just wow. under the bridges you're right in like uh the france area like where that dessert party happens yeah like the boats all tie off like right to that same oh, cool. area so you're right right there and you get a front row seat for the fireworks and it was awesome i've never done that either that sounds awesome all right last question favorite movie and character from disney star wars and marvel for disney I would say probably Coco is going to be my favorite Ooh. Disney movie of you all time. You might be the yep. only person that has said Coco so far, I think. Love it. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So for me, it's just that movie is just like, it's the personal connection. It's the mm-hmm. personal story behind it. And I had a very close relationship with my grandfather growing up. And there's just something about that scene with Miguel and Mama Coco at the end oh. of the movie where he sings to her. Oh, I'm going to get even choked up now just talking yeah. about it. Oh, my God. I, I was supposed to cry on this podcast. But uh, my grandfather had dementia and Alzheimer's at the end. And it, they didn't say those words in the show. But, like, you kind of got that feeling that that's kind of what Mama Coco was going through. And then when he sings the song, like, her memory kind of comes back. And mm. I was a mess in the got movie it. theater. Like, almost, like, embarrassing. Yeah. Everyone, like, I think you get choked up watching some Disney movies or even a couple moments in some Marvel movies, like when Tony Stark died, you get the, the rolling tear down your cheek. But when I saw Coco in the theater I, and I took some of the older kids and my wife stayed home with the youngest ones and they were like, dad, are you okay? Are you okay? Cause like, I was like, ha- like hard crying. Cause like all I could think about was my grandfather. And so yeah. for me, I, I understand it might not be the best Pixar movie, of all time, oh, most so people good. are going to put Toy Story above it, but that personal connection that I have, like in that memory, it's one of those like higher power things. This, yeah. My grandfather wanted me to see this movie, and that yeah. was him saying hi to me, type of thing. So that movie will always have a, a special place in my heart for sure. And then for Marvel, like I said, Tony Stark, Iron Man is mm-hmm. just hands down easily my favorite character of all time. And it's because I always hate that, like, goody two shoes type of character so i always love like when him and cap would go kind of head to head and bust each other's chops so love iron man favorite movie though would probably be endgame they will be teaching the tony stark character arc in movie history classes for years to come the the complete character arc that he goes through in his mcu career is just perfection just absolute perfection so it's hard to have to say goodbye to my favorite character and know that all these new marvel movies coming forward he's never going to be a part of them again but to see the way they kind of sent him out was just absolute perfection so and how about star wars i have a feeling i know who your favorite character is going to be but yeah, it's going to be Mando. And I loved Empire Strikes Back. I, uh, that's probably my my favorite movie if I was ranking the movies. But like I said earlier, I just have so much love for Mando and what mm-hmm. Jon Favreau and Dave Filoni have created with that character and that show. And as a Boston guy, too, you got Bill Burr 
making a couple guest guest appearances on a couple episodes. So I absolutely love those. Those might be my favorite episodes of the ones that he's on. If you told me right now, I could sign up and pay double what I'm paying for Disney Plus, and I could get an entire show with just Mando and Bill Burr in a Done. truck driving. <laughs> sign me up. I'll watch just those two guys kind of shoot the shit in the truck for 45 minutes once a week for a month and a half. Sign me up. Done. And I love that Bill Burr previously used to like shit on Star Wars yeah. fans, but once he did it, he was like, I get it. Okay. He's like, this yeah. is amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, Mando, the character of Mando, the series, hands down my favorite Star Wars content for sure. Last question, another two-parter, and then I promise I will let you go, but I could just talk to you forever. So favorite magic moments. And if you have a favorite magic moment at Disney as a guest, and then do you have a favorite magic moment so far as a podcaster? This was kind of the one that like knew that Disney was going to be a part of my life forever from here where my wife was battling cancer there and we planned that trip to like kind of give her that light at the end of the tunnel. There was a day where we sat in a hospital in Boston and we thought we might lose my daughter and we might lose my wife. And to be at that low of a mental and emotional state and then to see how far we came because of how strong and how incredible and how inspiring my wife was to fight it and beat it. And it was her focus was always on the kids. Like I just, I have to do it for the kids. I need to be here. I was going to say Johnny J. Now we're both going to start crying. If you told me like thousand bucks, like you're going to cry on Katie's podcast. I'm like, no friggin' way. It's not going to happen. A couple of assholes hanging out talking yeah. about Disney. There's no chance I'm going to get choked up. But you will not have been the first person to cry on this podcast and you will not be the last. And <laughs> which is exactly why the Disney magic is the best. It's our Oprah moment together. Yeah. <laughs> you get me crying on the couch. But yeah. Oh, my God. So just seeing how what an amazing fighter my wife was for the mm-hmm. kids and to have that Disney trip on the books and planned. Once we finally got there, our first day at the Art of Animation, my wife had bought a hat to wear because she had lost all her hair from the treatment. So she bought a hat to kind of keep protector from the sun and stuff while we're there. And it was just a simple, basic blue hat, had the castle on it, and it said, my happy place. And when we got to the hotel and checked in and they asked what we we're there to celebrate, I was like, oh, we're, we're here for her. Like we're celebrating this woman absolutely kicking cancer's ass and she's mm-hmm. our MVP. We love her so much. We're here just for her. Like this trip was all for her. So they gave her a celebration pen that said, I'm celebrating beating cancer or cancer free, I think is what they wrote on it. And that first day that we checked into the hotel, the kids, all they wanted to do was go in the pool. Like that's their favorite thing to do when we get to the Disney hotel is swim in a Disney pool. So that baby that was just born a few months earlier, I was sitting with the baby kind of in the shade by that cozy cone pool in the cars area, in the shade under the table with the, the umbrella on it. And my wife was like, oh, I want to go swim with the kids. So she put her backpack down in the the pin she had put on the strap of the backpack Mm -hmm. and she took her hat off and put the hat right on top of the backpack. So just watching her play in the pool with the kids, like I kind of had that out of body experience moment where I was sitting there holding my daughter that at one point we didn't think we were going to get to have, and we thought Mm -hmm. we were going to lose her. She's now sleeping on my chest and I'm just like patting her on the back and and having this awesome dad moment with her in Disney. And I'm looking out and right in front of me on the table is the backpack with the pin and the hat. And I'm 
watching my wife play with the kids in the pool. It was just, it was awesome. I literally felt like in that moment, I was the luckiest person on the face of the planet that she was able to beat it and be there and have these moments with the kids. And I'm holding my daughter and it was just awesome. Awesome. So, whew, yeah, so that, oh uh, that was, that's my, that's my Disney magic moment for sure. That does, uh, can't get any better than that. That is incredible. And I'm sure that was probably such a magical moment for your wife too, to be able to say, I'm here. My baby is here and safe with my husband and I get to go in the pool with the kids where I know they're happy and just have an incredible, incredible time. Yeah. It's one I'll never forget for sure. Oh, I feel like I'm never going to forget that story. Myself. <laughs> Amazing. And how about as a podcaster? What has been your favorite magic moment so far since starting your podcast? Oh, see, this this one's harder. I don't know if I can pinpoint one exact thing or one mm-hmm. exact moment. It's really, for me, like just, like I said, I'm probably cheating here, but like just the entire experience as a whole, like meeting other podcasters before I even started and just completely opening their doors being like, whatever we can do to help, like we'll get you on our show so you can get some practice do yeah. talking on a microphone and doing that part of it. And I reach out to them all the time and like, I can't thank them enough because like I listened back to those episodes and like, I didn't know how to dial in the microphone yet. I hadn't tweaked any of the settings and like this one of the episodes I come on like, and oh, and we have this new guy coming on. Johnny wants to, I'm like, oh, I'm so excited to be here tonight. And like quality was just like, what are you doing? There was the microphone inside your mouth. So for those people to literally just hand their shows over and be like, hey, figure your shit out basically on on our platform yeah. and uh, and get some experience under your belt. And they were so helpful along the way. And then originally I didn't have any intentions of really doing much with the Instagram account when I started that. It was more just mm-hmm. like kind of keeping people informed with what was going on with the podcast, what I was going to be talking about or what I did just talk about or kind of share a link to the new episodes when they came out, but I had just had so many people reaching out and like interacting through DMS and like, Oh, I loved you talking about this on the episode. And it, it like very quickly turned into its own thing, like all yeah. together. So like now I like, I never thought I would be making reels and yeah. doing multiple <laughs> posts a week. Like I thought for sure it was like two posts a week, like one episode just came out and like one, Hey, this is what we're going to be talking about on next Monday's episode. Like that was it. So, and now you're sharing your love come... of, of Bob. Yeah. <laughs> Bobby Chapek. Yeah, absolutely. Uncle Bob. Yeah. So the, just the whole experience from, from everything, just all the people I've met, on this entire journey has been awesome. Just it, you and I probably never ever would have crossed paths and we live 40 minutes, yeah. half an hour from each other. Yeah. And now here we are on a zoom call talking about Disney and Marvel and star Wars. It's just yeah. it's awesome. And it's what's crazy so too, awesome. is that you had reached out via Instagram and I was, I think I was in Disney by myself and I was waiting to get on splash mountain. And I was just like scrolling through DMS and I was like, Oh my gosh, Hey, what's up? Like, and we just started chatting yeah. and it, took off from there. So I think that's also a really important piece of advice for people too, is like, put yourself out there and reach out to people. Like some of the best friendships that I've made since starting this podcast too, has been from people just shooting the shit and it's been great. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Even if you're not trying to make a podcast or yeah. a YouTube channel or anything, like if you just have a passion for Disney, either use your personal account for it or make a separate Disney account and like just start reaching out to people because you'd be surprised how many, I would say more people than you would think will reach back to you and just Absolutely. start a conversation. And just like us, it doesn't take long before you start kind of shooting the shit back and forth. And you're yeah. like, wow, like we have way more in common than I ever would have thought. And yeah. you just start making friends left and right. So that, that was one of the other reasons I started the podcast originally was I have like even my own wife and kids, like they like Disney, but like they, none of them are watching Disney, Disney food blog or yeah. listening to podcasts or, or any of that stuff. So they they'll go and they like going down and having the vacation, but they're not like they, they weren't bit by the bug. Like I got bit by it and my own like circle of friends and like family. I really don't have anybody that's on the same level of fandom as mm -hmm. me with this thing. So that was kind of another reason where I was like, I got to start a podcast and, and, and I guess the Instagram to go with it in, in hopes that like, I'll just cross paths with other Disney yeah. fans just so I can make more friends to, to go to Disney with and, or just on a random Tuesday night or Wednesday night, just kind of get together and talk about Disney. So I love it. Well, you can come and talk on my show any time you <laughs> would like. It has been awesome. awesome to have you. Thank you so much for coming and joining us. Any last bits of info where people can find you, chat with you, listen to the show? Absolutely. Yeah. So if you're, if you just want to send an email, the DMSW podcast at gmail.com, or like I said, the easiest uh, way or the, the social media platform I try to use the most is Instagram. And it's at the DMSW podcast and DM me, comment, whatever you want. That's the other part of it is like these the other podcasts that helped me and responded to me just have this amazing feeling where somebody else gives a shit and they, mm -hmm. they want to help you and they want to talk to you. I want to be that for anybody that takes the time to reach out to me, whether it's just a random comment on a stupid post about Bob Chapek yeah. or a DM. And it's <laughs> like, hey, so can, funny, I, can I explain to you They're traveling so with good. my kids? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I just want to like meet as many people as I can. I'm, I'm an outgoing and person that loves to just meet new people and, and mix in and, and make new friends. So anybody that wants to reach out and listen to the show or just talk back and forth anytime, reach out at the DMSW podcast. Perfect. Thanks for hanging out today, everyone. I hope you enjoyed our chat with Johnny J from the DMSW podcast, talking about all things Disney, Marvel, and Star Wars. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at livingthecagelife, and you've subscribed to the podcast on your favorite podcast streaming platforms. We have new episodes out every Monday, so stick around. It's going to be great.